You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. Time for another installment of Time My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get historical. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are you all doing? For those um, who uh, joined us for the first two episodes of Time Machine Baseball, you, you may remember that our goal here is to travel back through the annals of sporting history to a random game where the Orioles are playing sometime in the past, watch it together with you, and reflect a little bit about you know, where the, where the um, sights and sounds of a previous era uh, leave us as fans. Um, we are watching the athletics play the Baltimore Orioles in um, August of 1996. Uh, and as you may remember from our first two episodes, we were going slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I know that will surprise some of you who are accustomed to our customary rat-a-tat efficiency. <laughs> well, also, you know, the state of play, man. There's no, there's no clocks. There's no nothing. Yeah, we are, we're sort of pre-2020... Uh, three podcasters. You know what I mean? We're still adjusting <laughs> to the ways. new pace of play regulations in audio. In many ways. Uh, so we've skipped ahead, Baltimoreans. Um, and uh, spoiler alert for those of you who wanted to watch the entirety of the Athletics <laughs> versus the Orioles in April, uh, sorry, August 26th, 1996. This game does go to extra innings. Yes, and as a matter of fact, what Alan and I discovered when we scooted the slider on the YouTube video ahead is that not only does this game go to the 10th inning, but it goes to the 10th inning with the score tied 10 to 10 between the Athletics and your Baltimore Orioles. And that, friends, is where we will resume the Home Team Sports broadcast. That's right. After nine, it's the Athletics 10 and the Orioles 10. And don't forget, Alan, that this broadcast is brought to you by the good people at Southwest Airlines. Looks as though the uh, every part of this game has been a, a draw to date. The exact same number of hits, 12. The exact same number of uh, runs, 10. Um, and we head to the top of the 10th. But, you know, Sam, I'm interested instantly again. Um, at the, uh, the the where this puts me back into sort of like ten ten was not that rare <laughs> a, a, a outcome in 1996 because of all of the hittings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, and and who better to exemplify for us? Who's our? Uh... Oh, that's um that that's big uh, big number forty nine. Uh, I think that's... Is that Armando Benitez? Might be. Yeah, that's Armando Benitez. We're going to see some 100-mile-per-hour fastball, Smith, back when that was a rare thing. I I think we just saw one uh, <laughs> brushing somebody <laughs> back to play there. Chris Hoyle's uh, really uh, giving Armando the easy does it, big fella, <laughs> after that pitch. Well, that's a four-pitch walk from Armando Benitez. <laughs> um 
Can I tell and you something many about many shots our... of uh, calls to the bullpen? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. how I remember the Armando Benitez experience. But but let me tell you two things, Smith. One, I'm noticing as we're watching this uh, already, there's a huge difference between like now extra innings means such a different thing, right? Because there's a ghost runner on second base, and every single pitch feels extremely loaded because you could get a lead change at any moment. Whereas this was back in the, the dusty dustbins of history when <laughs> extra innings just meant... By the way, there's Ron Washington coaching first base. Uh, wow. Possibly you, uh, when he was... The, the most recent person tapped to turn around the moribund <laughs> Angels franchise. Yeah. Loves, loves to uh, coach for teams with A on the hat. Because I believe That's he's he's been bad. A's, Angels, Braves, right? Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, it's just interesting to, to watch a game where the 10th inning is evolving just like a regular inning of a game. Um, and given the number of runs that have been scored over the previous nine innings, um, no lead is safe. <laughs> Especially not with Benitez on the mound. Okay, so this is, this is the other thing I wanted to tell you about Benitez is, if you remember... He started pitching for the Orioles shortly after they installed. Oh, look at scratching his chin. Yeah. Um, shortly after they installed the uh, uh, radar guns in the outfield, and when you would go to the games live and watch him pitch, he would um, glance back over his shoulder after every pitch to see if he had hit 100. <laughs> Doesn't matter where it went. Just how hard did you throw it? Did I touch the triple digits? <laughs> what do you think it's like to try to bunt off a 100-mile-an-hour fastball? I think that it is um, absolutely terrifying. Benitez, little bit of a little bit of a paunch there, a, a Tillman-esque paunch over the uh, front belt buckle. As we see him in profile. That's where he keeps those couple extra MPH. The, um, interesting to see the out-of-town scoreboard there. One of the things that has been mooted around the, um, the renaming of the Oil Park at Camden Yards, which we've discussed on this program, would be some upgrades to, uh, I believe, an unchanged scoreboard since 1996. Um, maybe there are, have been a few changes, but I, I, I don't. I think it's basically the same one now that we're looking at on this feed. Um, I don't think. And that I, I'm interested to know sort of what, uh, like. I kind of like the nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I'm watching it here, I kind of like the old scoreboard. I kind of like the big, the big dots and the sort of fuzzy numbers and the. NEA, SEA, NYY, SEA, three letter abbreviations, and all that good stuff. Yeah, there was a real lack of graphics back then, which, um, like in park graphics, which really raises the question um, do we need graphics? (laughs) I would argue, no, that's why you're watching a live baseball game. (laughs) Although, uh, I don't know, every Orioles game I've been to of late, even when the Orioles have been good, the uh, condiment race still gets 
people out of their seats more than any on-the-field action. <laughs> yes, that is, uh, that is an unfortunate, I believe, testament to the overall quality of the team for the last few years. The last, the last couple of summers accepted, obviously. Um, yeah, it's interesting, the, the point you're making, because, like, though the, I think they have made some minor upgrades to the out-of-town scoreboard over the years. Um, it is not drastically advanced since it was, since what it was in, in 1996. And it's making me think about how, you know, like, Oriole Park at Camden Yards is now one of the oldest active, continuously active stadiums in baseball. Um, like, it's moved into, like, it, it has more in common vintage-wise with, like, Wrigley and Fenway than it does with other places, even though it was once, like, the symbol of newness. And so, as we think about how it's going to be remodeled, it's, like, a really interesting question whether they're going to they're gonna lean into the old or try to, like, mm. make it feel new again. I think it it's interesting. It has been sort of viewed as a gem mm -hmm. for so long that I think you can actually afford to go um, retro, old school, yeah. uh, keep what's great. It's, you know, there's, there's not a lot uh, of ability for, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a, a generic park now, but like... Uh, if, if you have a sort of middle-of-the-road park, let's call it, like, say, the Nationals Park, mm -hmm. which is fine, yeah. but doesn't sort of evoke a lot of nostalgia or good feeling or anything. Um, Nationals Park, it's fine. <laughs> if you're going to do a remodel there, you'd have to kind of, like, shoot for the moon, right? You have to go for new and glitzy and glamorous. Yep, exactly. But because people have had good feelings about Orioles Park for the entirety, you can kind of, like, hold the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, there's a real Ship of Theseus question to ask, you know? Like, if you if you just, like, bring the things about it that need to be upgraded into spec, but don't change the bones or the design philosophy, that's probably the best-case scenario. But, especially if we get a new owner... There's probably going to be a lot of temptation to like do more of an overhaul, and I hope that doesn't right. happen. Although, if it is Rubenstein, since he, you know, is an old guy <laughs> from Baltimore, <laughs> maybe he will have a little bit more of an inclination for the historical. I think that there is very little chance of a young guy coming in. Not a lot of like young guy. <laughs> I hope billionaires. so. Is there is there anything more terrifying than a young billionaire? <laughs> I, I think in 2024, I think that the answer to that question is no. <laughs> I can't think of anything scary. I, 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 it, it is it is up there with like your your Ivan the Conquerors and Vlad the Impalers of of years past. Yes, well, and you hear these stories about these like oops, he had a lost run. <laughs> Don't. Oh man! Fan interference. I hate when that. Ha I hate when my home runs are are revised to ground rule doubles because of fan interference. It happens to me all the time, Smith. 
I just have so many fans, you see. Oh, pitching change. Randy Myers on the mound. That robusto 3.55 earned run average for a closer. Get used to that, folks. Uh, probably going to be seeing that. That's probably going to be about as best as as we can hope for from uh, Mr. Kimbrel. I would say. Would you oh agree? I bite your arm off for a 3.55. <laughs> Just stay away from his arm. It's very fragile these days. <laughs> bite your weird dangly arm off. <laughs> Myers is uh, Myers is such a throwback closer. I mean, like this really was the era where like a closer was much more of a mental uh, identity than a like physical identity. Like nowadays, you're not going to close games unless you can throw 102. You know. Right. Um, but back then, it really was like, who's the weirdest fucker we got out there? <laughs> <laughs> the one who won't know when he's up, won't know when he's down, just keep pitching. <laughs> just keep pumping something in the direction of the plate and hope the batters are confused. Although I did, uh, I was just reminded watching that pitch that Myers did have a very devastating wipeout slider. Yeah. Uh, that one missed the zone, unfortunately, but, uh, you know. <laughs> That'll happen. So, um, in terms of in terms of the the stadium at Smith and, and whether or not it will change, um, another thing I think is, is sort of interesting is we 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 find ourselves in somewhat the same position as Yankee fans found themselves um, when it came time to do the new Yankee Stadium, which it was announced was going to be like you know just basically a carbon copy of the old one, but with nicer you know, raw materials. And like, I guess they technically moved it like across the street or whatever, which I still am totally confused by. But one of the things that people talk about with those classic old stadiums and why you don't want to tear them down is that they... <laughs> Wait, that... I Sorry, I'm switching streams. That pitch was just such an interesting case study in the difference between like Benitez and Myers because uh, Myers just threw like a oh they're showing it to us an 88 mile an hour fastball <laughs> and Herrera swung through it like he had never seen a baseball before <laughs> whereas Benitez couldn't find the strike zone he was he was getting himself timed up on that 102 now he's like what is this nonsense <laughs> but you know like with other stadiums they're like oh well we don't want to one of the reasons it would be hard to say goodbye is because of all the championships and playoff glories that happened here. <laughs> Which is, you know, not necessarily... Uh, I mean, you know, the Orioles have been to the playoffs at Oriole Park, certainly. But it has not historically been um, a fun time. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, right, they're not, they're not the ghosts. Um, yeah. of, of Orioles campaign pasts. Um, but, I mean, it also doesn't sound like it really, like, we're not talking about a gut reno here. They're not going to take it down to the studs. I hope not. I hope not. Hey, there's Mike Bordick. <laughs> Blissfully unaware that the very next year, Smith, he will be suiting up for the other team yeah and go on to a lifetime of Orioles um, 
commentary and and not responding to text messages from Sam Dingman. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Whoop! <laughs> laces a RBI single. I love. I always love that Mike Bordick. Not 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 great on text, but uh, underrated player. <laughs> That's oh. why you put in a pinch runner right there. Oakland goes up 11 to 10. Yeah, of course, I was just uh, singing the praises of Randy Myers' slider, and he just hung one to Bordick. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. Uh, we should say Baltimore. Uh, neither Alan or I has looked ahead to see how this game ends. So <laughs> we did skip six innings, but only to the tenth. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it, it is entirely possible that this game is on YouTube because uh, the Orioles make an exciting comeback. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe these are just you know A's stands who like a uh, high-scoring game. Now. Alan, as we watch Tony Batista stand in here, mm-hmm. uh, I notice that he is not wearing batting gloves. Mm. Do you think that a young Austin Hayes was watching this game at the tender age of, <laughs> I don't know how it was. Six? Uh, yeah, six or so. And watching Tony Batista hit without batting gloves and thinking to himself, one day, Someday one that day, will be me. that will be me. I mean, he had a lot of good role models back in 1996. Yeah. It was less the uh, wild outlier that we find it in today. I love Austin Hayes because he will get up there without batting gloves in, like, March in Minnesota, you know? Is he um, going to be an Oriole next year? Well, I have not heard his name mentioned in any of the Dylan Cease trade talks, for example. It sounds like Jordan Westberg is more the one they want. Um, no, but isn't isn't he in arbitration, or did we didn't sign him to a new contract or some nonsense? I think so, but I I, I don't really think. Uh, I, I think they're they're we could look it up, but I think if they're we'll apart out. by anything, it's like you know eighteen thousand dollars or something like that. Uh. Sometimes I wonder with that arbitration stuff, when it when the gap between what the player wants and what the team wants is so narrow, sometimes I wonder if it's the lawyers on, on both sides being like, look, this team makes a lot of money, this player makes a lot of money, I just need to bill some hours here, so could we... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could you guys do For us sure. a solid and like just toss us an arb session so we can, you know... Rename the yacht and get some new letters painted on the hull. Did you hear that, folks? Slider swung on and missed. That's Randy Myers for you right there. Lumbering off the field after giving up a go-ahead sing- single to uh, Mike Bordick. Here comes Robbie Alomar in the three-hole. And uh, for those keeping track, Sharon Richardson has just won um, Million Dollar Magic, part of a promotion uh, with home team sports and giant food. Two brands that 
no longer exist? Question mark. I guess Giant still exists. Giant might still exist. I yeah. think they're owned by Stop and Shop now, though. Oh. Look at this! Another catcher named Molina. Izzy Molina <laughs> now catching for the Athletics. No relation, I don't think, to Benji and uh, Yadi. Goodness, Smith. Chris Hoyles hit a grand slam at some point in this game. <laughs> I think when we were watching. Oh, really? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I was a little bit more fixated on things like tight pants and, um, you know, how high the, the ankles on the cleats were. I mean, to be fair, our, our rewatch has now spanned, I believe, um, three months and two calendar years. So... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're it's, not exactly speeding along. It's like we said. It's like we said. We're not into this whole pace of podcast regulation. <laughs> we're on what we call moron time. <laughs> Always are. Chris Hoyle just got drilled in the back. Oh, and there's Manny Alexander, the man we thought was going to replace Cal Ripken at shortstop. Turns out it was Bordick all along, huh? The former, the answer was right in front of us the whole time. <laughs> Who knows, Smith? Maybe this is the game. Maybe that RBI single through the 5-6 hole is what made the Orioles front office go, you know, maybe we ought to go after that Mike Bordick fella. This is really a uh, an instrumental game in a lot of ways. Convinced Austin Hayes not to wear batting gloves. <laughs> Convinced the Orioles to sign Bordick. Look at that beautiful bunt from Mike Devereaux. God, I loved Mike Devereaux. Bunts, man. What a notion. What a notion. You know, the thing about Devereaux did the little things well. He'd make you a flashy catch in the outfield. Team needs a bunt. He's going to lay down a bunt. Look at this. Blink. A question for you. Do you think that in 2024, um, given that <laughs> Many of our current Orioles are unable to bunt. Um, do you think that it is uh, a relic of a past era of baseball? The bunt? The bunt. Great Scott Smith. Alomar is hitting 347. Did we talk about that last time? Where did he finish we did. in 96? I think we put that in the category of... Uh, he would have been an MVP candidate in any other season, and this year didn't crack the top 15. Right. Oh, but do you see? He's taken off. See, this shows you where my attention was. Remember he was wearing a sweatshirt earlier in the game? Not anymore. He was. Not anymore. <laughs> That's a callback for those of you who have been listening very closely <laughs> to previous installments. Um, is, the bunt, is the bunt a throwback? I feel like the bunt is coming back with the advent oh, really? of the Ghost Runner. Interesting. Because What's the advantage of bunting with the Ghost Runner? Well, if it's late and close, right, you got a runner on second base. If you can bunt him over to third and then hit a sack fly... Oh, the old two-out win. Yeah, whereas here, you know, it, like, it, it was more a situation like what the Orioles did. Like, yeah, they get a runner to first base, and Devereaux lays down a bunt, but that only gets him to second base. Alomar's still got to get a base hit there. Um, if we're gonna Which if we're gonna bring them around, so the the sacrifice bunt in extra innings now is a less expensive out. Interesting. 
You don't want to get around to that Palmero fellow. No. <laughs> Pretty amazing lineup when you think about it. The pitching coach wants you to attack the guy with 38 homers. <laughs> Yeah, Brady Anderson and his 38 homers. How did we not see this coming? Every one of them legitimate, Smith. I love all of Brady's homers equally. That was an uncomfortable close-up with that man's face. Do you know who that was, or was that just a fan? It was a, It was an usher. <laughs> oh, sure. Which, you know, that's nice. Give the ushers a little shine. Yeah. Slash, they may have the backup cameraman in at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long game. You know. A lot of runs, a lot of innings. The Orioles have brought in some reserves, and so has the team at home team sports. HDS. Man, Anderson was hitting 297. What do you think it felt like, Smith, to be a guy like Anderson who was like a good player by any stretch and then to allegedly take a few of the roids and like touch greatness what do you think that felt like do you think do you think they um, felt any guilt I, I think I think it felt like um, you know you, you asked me whether I would imagine standing in against 102 fastball and trying to bunt I can't imagine that Mm-hmm. I think I can imagine the Brady Anderson experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the, um, uh, here we go, 1996 throwback for you. Um, what was this called? The Game Genie. Oh, man. I, I just think, got a little I chill think, when you mentioned the Game Genie. I think that the Brady Anderson experience is not unlike installing the game genie mm-hmm. um where you uh your my experience was yeah there was like a little bit of guilt there was a little bit of feeling of like this is not legitimate but mostly i just felt awesome as i just Brady felt like laces i was one to right field and drives in manny i just felt like i was um uh like like a uh, open to a open up to a god complex. Did mm-hmm. he just let out a triple? He did, and you know what was amazing about it? No visual celebration when he got to third base. Stoic AF. I think that's the game genie talking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't celebrate quite the same. I think the highs must be a little bit less high. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like when you when you when you defeat when you can't manage to beat the underwater world, mm-hmm. and then you install the game genie, and then you do beat the underwater world. You feel like you're closer to God, but you also feel like, well, I didn't actually do it. Yeah, you know you took a shortcut to get there. Yeah. Plus, I mean, uh, if you've been again allegedly using the roids, you've probably fried a few of your nerve endings, so it's harder to feel things generally. <laughs> generally, is that how steroids work? By that absolute Superman slide there into third base. Where yeah. was he going? <laughs> he was headed for the Athletics dugout. Ooh, intentionally walking Raffi to get to Bonilla. Another little throwback. This was still when you had to throw all four of the intentional walk pitches. 
I don't know why. I, you remember when they announced... I'm obviously a little bit of a fuddy-duddy about the pace of play stuff, and I'm like, was this necessary? But one of the things... Oh, my God, they're going to walk Bonilla to load the bases. Why not? This is folly, Oakland. This is folly. <laughs> well, tie game. And that... Oh, man, they're, they're loading the bases to get to Ripken? If I'm Ripken... I'm getting mad in that on-deck circle. Well, I mean, statistically speaking, if you're getting by Rafi and Bonilla, that's not a bad play. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is easy to forget that Bonilla actually was a very good hitter. He was a stand-up comedy I, show as an outfielder, but he was a good hitter. No, yeah, that's why, that's why he was continued to allow to be an outfielder. <laughs> yeah. You put up with the loping... Uh, approach to chasing down fly balls in the outfield because he could really put a smack on a baseball. This is the. Oh, here the, we go, gents. Bottom of the 10th, 11 to 11. Bases juiced. Main man Cal Ripken strides to the plate. I think this is probably why this game is on YouTube, Sam. <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, there are, just taking a peek at the slider, there's only five minutes left in the video. Oh, come on. So if Cal doesn't cinch it here, I don't know why there's more baseball to be watched. And yet... What a um, memorable jawline. On the old Cal Ripken. Oh yes, oh yes. And those crystal, those crystal gray eyes. Gray, blue. Anyway, they were nice. <laughs> Are nice. Let's not talk about the man like it's in the past tense. Hey, there's Booma Wells. In the I do Orioles feel dugout. like his eyes maybe are a little more um, watery and a little bit less um, blue steel, but. <laughs> yes. Well, he's seen some things. Cal has lived the last few years like the rest of us. You know, he's, he's seen some things. Yeah. I wonder Man. what if you, if you told Cal Ripken right here in 1996 about the uh, Iranian-Pakistan <laughs> dust-up that's happening right now, what would he say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to think about what he would say. <laughs> The outset of World War III, peering over our shoulder as we travel back in time to 1996 to watch baseball. Now that's how the broadcast would go if it was Allen on the mic. <laughs> oh, and, and Ripken just walked in the winning run in a pitch that almost hit him in the jaw. <laughs> yep, again, not a lot of celebration. Wow. Uh, I guess if, a, if you have to dodge a baseball coming at your head, you're just kind of happy to be here. Yeah, man. There were a couple of actually really tight pitches in that inning. Uh, Hoyles got hit by one. A couple guys had to deal with some chin music. So there it is. I would Orioles say that win. is not a, good at bat, not a good outing from whoever that closer was. No, no. The Orioles with a 12-11 win, and if I heard Mike Flanagan correctly, that moved them back into sole possession 
of the wild card slot in 1996. Interesting, um, you know, we were talking about um, sort of people's reactions in the clubhouse last time and people, uh, I mean in the dugout rather, sort of just sitting and watching and yeah. um, relaxing and now everybody's kind of on the front step and they have their home run chains and the dong bong and all those sorts of things. I also feel like that celebration was a very 1996 muted celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal Ripken shook everybody's hand yeah. and then was roundly patted on the back. Yeah, No one was doused in Gatorade. No one's jersey was ripped off. Mm-hmm. There wasn't even anybody particularly jumping up and down at home plate. Yeah. I mean, they met him at home plate, but it wasn't a... Um, yeah, I guess a walk is perhaps the least dramatic way to walk off a game, but still. <laughs> it was quite literally a walk-off. <laughs> Um, that's interesting, Smith. Do you do you think baseball was just a less is a more emotional game now? I definitely I I do. I think it is a more emotional, a more emotive game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, bat flips, celebrations, um, dugout antics. Yeah, I think this is more of like a strong, strong, silent type way of playing baseball in 1996. Yeah, I mean, watching watching Brady Anderson slide into third base after he hit that triple, I thought about how now when you watch a game, any time a player gets a hit, they have some like team-approved little gesture that they make. Like with the Orioles, it's like they turn on the sprinkler. Um, the Dodgers do like a little meringue. Um, and these are these things that like, you know, they feel spontaneous but probably aren't. Like it's probably something that is worked out ahead of time. Uh, for TV reasons or whatever. But why am I being so cynical? But I think that's probably true. Um, but but I guess what I'm realizing in this moment is that I have fallen for that. Even if it is manufactured energy, I have fallen for it as like, well, oh, was the I game may, just less Sam, fun back then? 1996, potentially also just a more emotional, I mean, a, a less emotional time to be alive. Whoa. I mean, I think in 2024, Whoa. we are we are significantly more connected to, um, we are we are in an age of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> we are an age of um, um, fathers changing diapers. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a different time than yeah. 1996. That's true. That and is we true. We value a different set of emotional things, and perhaps baseball as the true emblem of the uh, American pastime. Is only is only moving slightly to reflect the um, the more um, emotional snowflake nature of of where we are in 2024. Wow, wow! I can and can't believe we've landed here at the end of our first time machine baseball <laughs> broadcast. In a way, it was inevitable that this would be the conclusion that we would reach on Baltimoreans about the legacy of this matchup between the Orioles and the Athletics on August 26th of 1996. <laughs> I, that's excellent. That's an interesting, that's an interesting place to leave it. Um, you know, baseball as reflection of the sort of like emotional, emotional change in what we want from our sports and thus what our, what our athletes are, are giving us in, in, in watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Baltimoreans, um, we probably, at the clip that it took us to get through that game, have time for one more game before pitchers and catchers report. I would say that's, uh, that's ambitious. 
<laughs> 75 days from now or whatever that is. Because remember, um, it took us this long and we skipped six innings. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a game uh, that, that you would like us to engage with, either because of its um, on-field acumen or because of the emotional journey that it would take you through to revisit uh, a seminal moment in your Orioles fandom, holla at us. Um at be morons on Twitter, which I apologize for turning entirely into an account dedicated to buying a fourth tier division football club. Uh, but you know, X is dead anyway. Yeah. I, and also, I mean, if you're listening to this show, it, we're kind of gambling that you're into that stuff anyway. <laughs> so it's not like, uh, it's if not like you're you, not, what are you doing? It's not like you, you suddenly turned it into like a, uh, um, you I know. can recommend so many other good podcasts for you if you're not into this stuff. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, what if Alan, you had you had decided to turn the Be Morons Twitter into a Stan account for, um, like a, your favorite uh, your favorite classical musician. <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't be that hard of a pivot either. No, I no, it would be it would be more exciting if it was like Stan account for Joe Rogan. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so look out for those Stravinsky tweets, folks. Um, and and we'll be back with you uh, next week. Alan, a question just occurred to me uh-huh. uh, that I think I would love to live uh, leave the um, the Baltimoreans with uh, as they as they prepare for our next Time Machine baseball broadcast. Um, and that, that uh, can I can I uh, can I ask you a question based on what you just mentioned about Stravinsky? Oh, certainly. Um, what would you What would you call um, Henry Arudia if he were a um, French composer mm. um, who lived from the mid to late 18th century into the early 19th century, and was considered by many as the father of modern classical music? Okay, I think for the first time ever, we simulbrained this one. No way. Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you are talking about Claude Debureudiacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And the I morons am. walk it off. <laughs> that really Oh, I mean, if you if you could possibly land the plane better about classical music tweets, <laughs> both of us simultaneously getting to Claude Debussy. Oh, well, that's it. That's the end of the podcast forever, folks. We're never going to have a better moment than done. that. I think we're done. <laughs> Just kidding. Talk to you next week. Baltimoreans.